0: point after on WDVE Pittsburgh the entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game here's your host Missy Matthews I'm we got a
1: lot of football left to play uh, you know I think you know, a lot will be said in these last two games and I, I know it wasn't perfect today I know it breaks my heart let her our, our fans down, but you know I let our team down to go out like that. But man, I ain't ready to throw them in damn town. We got a lot of football left and two games to you know see what
0: we can fall. Hi,
2: everybody. Welcome to the Point After, presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business. Your business depends on internet. Get internet, your business can depend on. Comcast Business Built for Business. Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, and Craig Wolfley with you here tonight. We are going to go to the 8 o'clock hour, talking about the Steelers' disappointing 36-10 to 10 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Billy, the Steelers are now 7-7-1, and 1, two games left. And as crazy, uh, I guess, as the 2021 season has been, they have not been officially eliminated from a potential playoff.
0: I'm amazed. But that thud I heard yesterday I think was rock bottom I it's hard to evaluate it because the disappointment against Chicago that resulted in a narrow victory, the disappointment against Detroit that didn't result in a victory uh, the blowout in Cincinnati they, those were low marks. Uh, I think the bottom was hit yesterday and okay I you know Kansas City is a very good team they're hotter than anybody in the AFC right now but uh, there's no excuse for what happened. It just—it's very disheartening. You know, just jumping in on that real quick, Billy. Uh, I've been a fan of uh, the Curse of Oak Island.
1: All right? I've been watching like the last forty years or whatever. Every time they think they've hit a bottom in in search of the treasure on Oak Island, they come to another bottom, and it, okay, then they find out whoa, we got to go a little deeper. Now, I'm not saying. I'm only saying. That the thump you heard may be rock bottom or it may not be, and it's going to be up to these players to decide where the bottom is. Yes, that's the key in my mind. And, look, I don't care what people think about, you know, from the outside looking in, it's about those guys in the locker room right now, and they have to pull it together and decide how they're going to finish and whether this was rock bottom or they've got some fight left in them for two weeks. Now let's see who stands up.
2: I think, uh, Billy, it's fair to say Cam Hayward, the defensive captain who we heard at the top of the show, he's definitely one of those guys I think you put in the box of he still cares. He's still going to play his heart out. We have seen it all season. Mika Fitzpatrick spoke after the game as well and said, if you're a football player, it doesn't matter if you win by 40 or you lose by 40, you go out there and you play. Do you think that maybe there are, though, maybe too many young guys and that could be an issue of trying to get everybody, as Wolf said, you know, in this boat of, hey, there's two games left, we're not dead, we have to give it our all?
0: Too many young guys. Let me throw that around in my cranium. Uh, uh, Okay, yeah, this is a young team, especially offensively up front, uh, but there's still no excuse for not performing up to black and gold standards. Uh, We ran into uh, Chad Brown, who was doing the network radio. And uh, later that evening, after the game, I ran into his producer in the lobby of the hotel. And he said, Billy, he said, I don't know what it is about you black and gold guys, but Chad, a couple of times on the broadcast, had to kind of choke himself not to say what he felt like saying. And you wore the black and gold, Greg, and you understand what it is uh, to have that pride and then see it violated. And I think we saw that yesterday. There's no question about it. And by the way, Chad, I asked
1: him, you look good. You got anything left? <laughs> <laughs> and we want to suit
2: you up too.
1: Um, no, Missy. Thank you very much. And thank you for the great sandwich you brought in too, by the You're way. You're welcome. I'm MVP for the evening It's here. already <laughs> been dived into. Or is that divin? Yeah. <laughs> uh. I divinated it.
2: <laughs> I think, though, know, we have heard... Uh, some Steelers alum, Steelers legends be very vocal this year. Um, Has it been fair? And as the guys in the locker room, I'm sure potentially hear it, that that has to kind of eat at you if you are that Cam, you know, the guys who have seen how it's done.
1: Exactly so. But you heard Cam really take ownership of what's going on. And in light of that, everybody knows that, you know, Cam is playing some great football for the most part throughout the season. Everybody respects Cam. Uh, but he's going to be with his guys, and he's not going to leave his guys. Is it fair for the alumni to uh, chime in? Yeah. I mean, that's the way it was before when I was there. You know, it was before my time. And it, and it is because those guys have earned their spurs. They're NFL players. They're proven guys. Uh, it, does it mean that um, they're, they're right on? Not necessarily. You know, nobody knows what exactly goes on inside there unless you're inside there. And that's part and parcel of, of what the, the frustration is all about. The key is in finding out, all right, who's going to lie down now? I mean, because there were some people that really questioned, uh, who was it? Jim Nance talked about the Steelers sleepwalking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through the, the, the game. And there's there's some places there where you could say, hey, you know what? He's He's got to be speaking the truth. There's other places where you see great effort, but the point is um, you can't sit there and say and color it all one color and say it's just so terrible and devastating you get rid of everybody. You can't do that, obviously, right? But at the same time, you've got to realize there are some problems and you have to address those issues, and sometimes some of the players, they bring up some really good points.
2: Billy, one of the issues, and I know we sound like a broken record here, and Ben even alluded to it after the game, not scoring in the first half in five games, not a touchdown. Uh, the first time since 1940 that's happened to the Steelers. We've seen the slow starts, and as Ben said, if they knew how to fix it, they would have done it. Um, how do you kind of get over that? Because it clearly is an issue whenever you dig yourself into a hole, and you know we're seeing the second half comeback, and unfortunately that was not the case yesterday.
0: First of all, I was born in 1940, so that was a oh. long time ago. <laughs> Believe me, uh, that's uh, the kind of record you don't want to match or break. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that I think uh, you want to address it. You know what the problem is, but until the people who are responsible for creating the problem, they're the only ones that can fix it. You and I can talk about it till the cows come home, but it's still not going to change unless the people in black and gold uniforms decide to change it. And I, I don't know. Yeah, that first half, blah. Uh, what is it? You know, I, I was looking at it this morning. Uh, Steelers, you know, get the opportunity uh, to possess the ball first because uh, Kansas City deferred. Uh, first play, Tosh lose two. Okay, complete a pass. Next play, run, lose one, incomplete pass, sack, punt. And then the second possession, you haven't run the ball for plus yardage at all. None, zero. And you throw a flea flicker? You know, who are you tricking? Uh, And uh, it's – It didn't bother the
1: safeties at all. You watch from the end zone, you could see the guy just stayed over the top of everything in the back end there. No, you make a great point, Billy. You're making a valid point. What I would like to see is a little more continuity and how you set things up. You know, one of the things I saw, you go back and watch the film with um, Kansas City Chiefs. They got uh, Tyreek Hill. What a great talent. But on first down, they um, they went sprint right. You've seen Ben go sprint right with Deontay. And a nice little out pattern for 10 to 12 yards first down. Second down, they ran a reverse. And we've seen that with Chase Claypool and everything. But, you know. He stuck with Tyreek and he ran a reverse. He went 35 yards up the sidelines. Th- on, on the next first on three successive first downs, right on that next first down, they come back to an RPO with Mahomes throwing a little out pattern again to Tyreek Hill. You know, <laughs> and they he's success is successively building on each play, and I think some of the play calling can can do that. They I think they've you've got to be able to run the ball before you can play action. And once you start to play action, then you can start the screen. And when you start the screen, you mm-hmm. can start some of the draws and things of that nature. You you kind of build on each other. Is what I'm saying, you know. And I think that's part of, you know, that's what the the offensive coordinator's got to do. He's got to build, you know, just build that volume of offense over the course of the early first quarter. But you've also got to have a defense that gives you the opportunity to get the ball back and not give up so many points. It's it, everybody's got a hand in this. Nobody's you know sitting there saying. Oh, that's not me. Everybody's got a hand in this.
2: I was saying this earlier on a show with um, Motes and Labs and Williamson. You know, complimentary football is something that we have heard Coach Tomlin say a billion times. And I feel like that is not something we have heard recently. It's almost been like one unit potentially being the one. Maybe you have to go back to Buffalo. You know, that was legit complimentary football. Special teams scored a touchdown. Um, and unfortunately, we have not seen that. Billy, did you feel like yesterday was different in terms of the slow start, kind of what Wolf is saying? Or is it? does it just feel like it's the same issue week and week?
0: I, I can't address the same issue week after week. I, I can't wrap my head around that. But what I saw yesterday was, you know, mistakes on both sides of the ball. Okay, I, I talked about not being able to run it and then coming up with a flea flicker. Uh, but uh, there was a third and 11 at the 13. You have a chance to hold them to a field goal and be down 3 nothing. Your captain's offside. Uh, now it's third and six. And they didn't make it, but they got five yards and then converted the fourth down and uh, made it 7 <laughs> nothing. Consistency, like he said, tempo, uh, continuity, that's what's lacking. And why it's lacking, I, you know, I'm not paid to figure that out. Somebody else is. Well, again,
1: you know, I go back to in building a theme that you're going to attack the opposition with, and it starts with some basic plays, and then you build on it. And one of the things I like that Matt Canada was doing earlier on is rolling Ben a little bit so you've got different launch points for him. He's not a sitting mm-hmm. duck at six, seven yards each and every play. And, you know, I think those that's great when you can run the ball with some of the outside zones, not just inside zones, and some of the power gap blocking that I thought was, was going to help. He cut down on some of the motion. Don't confuse the offensive linemen with too many, too much overload. I mean, you got some young guys up there. Uh, Kendrick, you know, Danny. Uh, you got the big LeGlue. You, you got uh, a tight end, Fryermuth and Zach Gentry now, who, by the way, looked pretty good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Not doing a bad job at all. 612, as I like to say, <laughs> and which <laughs> Eric Ebron just totally I, I thank him for that nickname. <laughs> you do oh, love he, that one, yeah. He, I do, I do did, love did he that. Clue oh, you yeah. in on that. Oh, that was well, that was Ebron that, that came up with that. You know, I'm not smart enough to come up with something <laughs> that funny, but anyhow, <laughs> um, you know, then you got Najee, and uh, you know, for Najee, I, I just think if they'd give him a chance to run with a fullback a little bit, sometimes some two, two tight ends, that it wouldn't always be going within an inside zone. Uh, some of saw on, on one of the split zones, he had a cut back the 21, 22 yard or what was it that he, that he cut back on. It was a beautiful job of sealing down the backside and Najee hit that thing lickety split. And you want to see more of that. That would be, you know, you've got to build that.
2: I know we talked about it after the Minnesota game, because Ben had, you know, made it known that he went up to Najee late in the second half and said, Hey, how you fight, how you continue to play in this game, no matter what happens that that um fans buy that you know and oh, fans yeah. like that and that enlightens them um and we've seen that and i think even yesterday you know the the game was pretty much way out of hand at that point and he's hurdling guys the extra effort um i do think that you know he is somebody who definitely cares and even though he's a rookie he does not act or play like he's a rookie
1: you know, I, I look at that, and say you are displaying your character in front of full view of everybody, mm-hmm. okay, who you are and who you are who you are as a player, who you are as a man is is out there for everybody to see. So I uh, yeah, I look at this and I think that's a great word from Ben. You finish this strong. It doesn't matter. look, uh, the professional pride that you carry in wearing that black and gold and going out and competing in the NFL and 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 do so at your very best. That's all about making that statement of who you are. So um, I, I don't care if you're up 100 to nothing or you're down 100 to nothing. That is just something where it each and every play is so huge, at least it was to me back in my day, and I know it is today. It still is. People like Cam Hayward, That I mean, he lives and breathes that stuff. You watch him. <laughs> he, he, You know, he does not quit. You know, TJ, he's like the Terminator, all right? <laughs> he just keeps coming. I mean, those people – now, you got to get more people on that same page and have that same sort of ability, and that's one of the things of coaching and being able to put people in the right position. And right now, there's just some issues going on with the breaks in the, the defensive overall package where people aren't gap sound. There's there's some breaks where people are not tackling well, and those things have to be addressed and continually will be addressed. But if people think it's a quick, easy fix, you know, saying, boom, um, it's, it's not like that.
0: I... Uh, don't want to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's playing well, no. top of his game. No. Yep. But I could have completed that touchdown pass to make it 14 nothing. Billy, I've seen your arm. You couldn't have. Well, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd have thrown it underhand. Now, there you I, go. I would have had time to throw it underhand and a lane to g- get it through. Billy, let me put it this way. You couldn't have thrown it and I couldn't have caught it. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> but, but to your point. Uh, to your point. Exactly.
2: I, I also think, um you know, not that any streak is good, but four consecutive road losses, um yes, you want to win your home games, but it's crazy when you think about it. The Steelers have not won on the road since Halloween in Cleveland. And I don't know about you guys. That feels like a really long time ago.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Mm-hmm. Trick or treat. <laughs> it does. You know, and again, this is part and parcel of what happens when you start hitting a losing streak. You know, it's it's – one of the things that you try to do is write the ship immediately because what can set in is what has set in. There's 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 a lull. There is, you know, people not getting the job done. You know, you would think about last year. You run up 11-0. Now, then you lose that first game. Then the second game. Then the third game. And Kansas City was able to pull out of it. They had gone through a, three, what, three-game losing streak themselves. Mm-hmm. But they were able to pull out of it. And this is something that, you know, unfortunately the Steelers – have really struggled with that consistency week in and week out.
2: All right, a little bit of news today. The Steelers announced they have given permission to offensive line coach Adrian Clem to leave the team effective immediately. He is accepting a similar position with the University of Oregon football team. Assistant offensive line coach Chris Morgan, excuse me, will handle the offensive line duties for the remainder of the 2021 season. There were reports out there um last week about, you know, Clem making the move. So That officially took place today, and we do want to let you know for the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Heinz Field Grove City Premium Outlets or Tanger Outlets, or you can visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all of your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. This is DVE, and you're listening to The Point After. We'll be right back.
0: Back to the point after on DVE. You know, we had not done much on the road. I think you said it. Um, You know,
1: we're we're taking too long to warm up to the environment. Um, And and so it's, you know, it's been an issue. Obviously, it's not going to be an issue coming up this week. We'll we'll be at Hines Field, but um, I acknowledge it's been an issue for us.
2: Welcome back to the point after, presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business. Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, and Craig Woofley recapping the Steelers. Thirty-six to ten loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Billy, somebody, um, I think that Deserves a shout-out for their performance yesterday. Corliss Waitman, somebody who, you know, came down to Kansas City, got the call on Christmas morning, got there late, had to go through the testing protocol, and I thought, you know, presented himself nicely.
0: He really did, and uh, I don't think the missed uh, field goal was his fault. You know, the hold looked good. The wind was more of a factor than anything, and I think uh, in the case of Boz, I think that field goal, he counted on the wind and like sometimes it happens to golfers, there was no wind and a a shot looks bad. Well his that bad that was a bad shot. Um, in warm ups he didn't particularly impress anybody. No. And and all of a sudden game time, he was there and he did a good job. Yep. Well, that- you know, when you're like me and you only miniature golf, the wind plays no <laughs> role in that whatsoever. <laughs> the
2: the wind was It was on and off, which it was very bizarre. But when it was on, I think Max might have told you guys, one of the kicking nets on the Steeler sideline literally flipped. It almost hit somebody. So the equipment guys were trying to find, you know, heavy cases to put down on it. So there wasn't any uh, casualties down there, but it it was pretty wild. But, you know, it's Arrowhead and I I feel like it's loud. There's always wind. It's always colder than you think it's going to be. I think we all saw, you know, 60 degrees and it really felt like it was more like 45.
1: They should have put the world's biggest elf standing on that net. <laughs> seen Max when he came out of the airport, when we picked him up, and we're in Kansas City, right? We land there. Here comes Max, all 6'8", 350 pounds of man-moving muscle <laughs> with a T-shirt on that says,
0: world's largest elf, or world's <laughs> biggest elf. It was funny. He's not
2: wrong. No,
0: at one point, uh, I did see the streamers heading in opposite directions. The ones to the left were going toward the stands, and the ones to the right were going to those stands. You don't see that too often. It was kind of different.
2: Ray Ray McLeod, guys, somebody that we heard a lot of yesterday, his name called Deontay Johnson, played 90% of the snaps, Chase Claypool 82 uh, for McLeod 62, but he was the second most targeted wide receiver yesterday. Billy, what did you see in terms of, you know, the distribution to the wide receivers? Ben said, you know, obviously teams are trying to take away 18 and 11.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was it was good. I don't think I have a problem with the way they distributed the, the football. Uh, but I kind of lean a little bit toward Wolf. I just like, even though Friermuth wasn't there, I'd like to see them go to the tight end more. Uh, you see it so many times in the league where tight ends go down the seam and get big gobs of yardage. And we don't see it here as much as we should, in my opinion. Well, again, one of the things, I, we have to look at this. And
1: we're, we're sitting here, we're talking about things where – we have no accountability, and we have to understand that. You know I mean? It's not I can sit there and say, all right, I want two tight ends, I want a 12 set, and I want to run, you know, a combo pattern between the two and this and that. And then... You don't have
2: that pull? <laughs> I no? do not have
1: that pull. Okay. But I, I am grateful for the sandwich you brought. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's all the pull I need right that there. That
2: was a surprise. That you didn't was, have a pull on that, that one. Was,
1: <laughs> that was just bonus, man. So – you know, when I look at that and I think about all right, they're gonna obviously try to take away eleven and eighteen. So one of the things I, I do believe heavily is what Billy's talking about is being able to use big frame of Zach Gentry, who has really been coming on and presents a real big window target when he hooks up on the underneath coverage. You got linebackers sitting back with in zone over the middle, and you're you're able to hook up there. You got six eight to throw at. You throw it high, you can throw it, you know, he's got a wide catch radius. Billy talked about him going down the seam. That's a nice opportunity I think that could present itself. I also think the screen game is something, again, the tight end delay was great. I think that, uh, you know, you got to press more of the screen game, and Chase has got to catch the ball, obviously. Um, Chase has been through a little rough couple of weeks, but if anybody saw those supersized catches yesterday, those two of them back-to-back, there's not many humans on this planet that make that catch. I'm serious. I mean, they're just, there's just not that many. You've got to. Hopefully, he's through his, you know. Uh, hiccups. Yeah, hiccups. Thank you very much. He's through, he's made a point now of, of kind of resetting himself and, 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 and coming forward and, and playing his best ball, I think. And I think you got to feed him. I think he needs to see more targets, no doubt.
2: That's why uh, he's called Mapletron, right?
1: Maple tree. I didn't absolutely. hear any Canadian
2: bacon from you yesterday. Wait, right, Well, oh, oh, we had to shelf that, you
1: know. <laughs> but it is top shelf Canadian bacon when That's you see right. it play out, and that was top shelf. I mean, you don't see that. He Cash. didn't want to make me hungry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chase was targeted six times. He had four catches, forty-one yards, and twenty-four was his longest, as you were alluding to. And I, I do think after the hiccups, as we'll call it. um, Obviously, somebody got to him, maybe got through to him. I was telling you guys on the broadcast just what we saw from him last week in practice, getting out there early, almost following what Deontay Johnson does in terms of the extra work, working with the equipment guys, anybody that will catch with him, throw balls with him. And even during pregame yesterday, he was definitely one of the first guys out there on the field and just seemed to be in the zone, which is great to see, Billy, because not having Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, has really hurt the Steelers. Um, He was good in the middle of the field he was good at helping with the run game he was good at blocking and you know I I do think they're missing him
0: without question and but we can't dwell on those who are not here I know because we talked about it yesterday on the defense you know no Tyson Alu no Stefan to it uh but still the guys who are there have to get the job done and there was no C- Chris Wormley yesterday either and I thought he was hitting his stride before, there's no question before man. the injury yes. yeah
1: yes no doubt about it um
0: again Going
1: back to Chase Claypool, this guy, this young guy is one of the keys, I think, to getting some uh, air dominance because he is so physical. Now, I hope he doesn't lose the physicality of his play. I don't want him to sulk. I don't want him to withdraw or anything like that. Come out strong. Be that guy that you are. Uh, you watch on some of those uh, those pitches, okay, when you pitch the ball to Najee and he tries to get wide. On one of them, you know, you had Ray-Ray McLeod – uh, trying to seal down on a linebacker and it doesn't work. Ray Ray Kitt doesn't get in there. He doesn't seal the guy, and then you've got a whole kibosh of people waiting outside on those pitches. But also Chase had an opportunity to do it too, and he he whiffed on a guy. And I, I'm not I'm not clubbing these guys. Listen, I've whiffed on plenty of guys. Okay, I'm the I'll be the first one to stand up and say, Hey, listen, I'm I'm I, he without blame. You know, raise your hand. Uh, <laughs> it, it ain't gonna be me. You know, what I mean, I mean, I got enough blame myself. But my point being is. If you're going to be that consummate pro, one of the things that stood out about Chase early on, this young man, was his physical style of play. Joe Hayden spoke to it. Keith Butler spoke to it. And I believe that the
0: Steelers need to bring that along and bring him along in that same vein. To your point about this game, I think the Steeler receivers who block for the other screen guys should take lessons from Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. Just go get him in a bear hug.
2: Oh, that oh, one on Joe and the Hayden. official,
0: and the official may not call it. Yeah, well, boy, that was something.
2: Max and I were right down there where it happened, and I, I thought Max was going to jump on the field. <laughs> he was like, he he was a little fired you gotta up hold about on to that him. one. Well, Keep I don't, I don't think I can hold Max back. I, I don't know about you, but Coach Tomlin wasn't happy. I mean, you could just tell yeah. from Hayden, um, just the disbelief of what was happening there.
1: There was no question that Tyreek Hill was showing great affection for Joe Hayden. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I can't remember somebody that small so completely enveloping the guy that, that he's trying to block, who's trying to get away from him, to the outside. His arm was completely across the back numbers of Joe Hayden. I just, it was just so blatant. I don't know how an official did not see that or did not call that.
2: Coulda, shoulda, woulda, I feel like, right. you know, that's that's how it goes when you're talking about the game on Mondays. But speaking of Tyreek Hill, two targets, two catches, 19 yards. Billy, all week we were, you know, watching from Kansas City. Will he play? Will Travis Kelsey play? There was no Kelsey. But Tyreek wasn't one of the guys that um, had as many plays as some of the other guys we saw step up, Wolf.
1: Absolutely. There's no question about it. And that's just me singing as, uh, you know, I'm chiming along. Way to go, voice. Billy. Oh, that was my phone. <laughs> My bad. I just, I love when the consummate professional blows one because, you know what, that gives room for clowns like me. Okay, I feel
0: much better about myself. How do you like my ring, by the way? I love it. It's it, it was
2: Yeah, it was very calming. It wasn't a startling ring, you know, like the right. alarm clock where you're like, Doesn't Whoo! make you stand yeah, up and sprint. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? That was a nice, Billy.
1: But certainly, you know, what were we talking about? Tyreek Hill. Oh, Yes. Um, this 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 guy there he wasn't the difference maker. Mm-mm. I mean, Mahomes went to a number of other guys and used them very very. Uh, I mean, to the fullest extent. I mean, whether it was Blake Bell, whether it was the Noah Gray, whether it was By- Byron Pringle. You know, I mean, that touchdown
0: Byron Pringle caught. What was it? Seven seconds? You said, Billy. You counted. I think. Uh, and then there was a reset for three more seconds. <laughs> No, I, it, it was a long time. I mean, it just uh and where where were we? Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, I, the pass rush just wasn't getting there. And it's just no. unfortunate. I believe that was a four man rush too. I believe you're correct. I could you know, but I hey, I saw three man rushes, four man, five man. You know, Mahomes you got one thing you gotta say about him, this guy is is gonna be a he already is a great player, but what he can do
0: exponentially down the line is he grows into it. The wow. statistics d- defy description they don't describe what happened yesterday uh, the Steelers out rushing uh, Kansas City I mean that that that's just crazy garbage. right no but uh, they came in uh, and with no uh, uh, Chad Kelsey and uh, or Travis Kelsey sorry right. and no uh, or a little bit of uh,
2: uh, Tyree kill
0: Tyree kill I'll be all right Um uh, They ran the ball 33 times with running backs. Normally, they run it 18 times. So, you know, but we did a pretty good job against a run. I mean, 3.6, that's pretty good. It's not bad.
1: No, certainly not compared to what we have been doing in the past
0: several weeks here that they've, you know, given up just huge chunks. But to, to your original point at the top of the show, the continuity's not there. We'll stop it here and then let a big play happen. Stop it there. Another. You know, third and seven converted. Uh, There's got to be more consistency on defense. And that comes out again to when you enter a hostile stadium. You've got to always be ready to withstand the
1: storm. You want to come out fast. You want to come out and, and, and do something to take the air out of the stadium, as we used to call it. But when that doesn't happen and you can't get those first downs rolling offensively, and the defense then is left with trying to stop the juggernaut. That is the Kansas City Chiefs, let's face it. Oh. Even without Travis Kelly, I mean, that that is a juggernaut of an offense when they're rolling, all right? It, they're more, they weren't it having the problems like in the first seven, eight games where, where Mahomes, I think, was trying to be Pat Mahomes rather than just being Pat Mahomes. You know, he was trying to make the, the, the big play the spectacular, and then he came back to, let me just do what I do, you know, and just get it where I need to get it and do some of the no-look stuff or whatever. But it wasn't about the spectacular all the time and just letting the guys get the ball, run with it, and run the ship. You mm-hmm. know? So um, what am I saying? What I'm saying is at you uh, ran into a buzzsaw. This is what it's like when you stack seven wins in a row, then you get that number eight, and you come out. And uh, winning, <laughs> success begets success, and winning begets winning. And that's really what's going on.
2: We saw it last year with the Steelers. They weren't sure. always pretty, but, you know, 11-0 every week, it just continued you get, you to roll. You find it
1: hard and, to, to lose.
2: Right. Um, in terms of Patrick Mahomes, you know, he said earlier in the season when things weren't going so great, he was taking more chances, a career-high 14 interceptions. I personally, uh, after the Titans game, got a little excited, Billy, with the four turnovers, just seeing the success, begetting success in terms of the Steelers' defense, hoping that maybe they could catch him in a few mistakes yesterday or maybe even just one. Um, what did you see in terms of that from the Steelers' defense?
0: Again, it, not building on a, a previous success. You know, one step forward, two steps back. And, and that's not going to get anything, get you anywhere. Well, you remember the near turnovers that almost happened. You had Cam jumped off sides. Mm, right. No inter- hello Witherspoon. Yeah,
1: he goes there and you know, the interception is, is is done. There was the uh the one fumble that somehow it the oh, offensive Tooney.
2: line picked up.
1: Tooney catches one out of the out of out of the air. Right. I mean it's popcorn. It's just sitting up there when was it Alex Highsmith whacked him one, I believe yep. it was. Yep. All right, when the highsmith got after him, finally you get a shot at Mahomes and that opportunity to turn things around a little bit, get a short field, something, and it pops up in the air and it goes to Tooney. And it's, you know, that's, if you don't have bad luck, you got no luck at all. Kind of that hee-haw theme from my youth.
2: (laughs) TJ Watt, every week gets chipped. He knows it. We know it. The other team knows it. The fans know it. Um, You know, going back to the Titans game where he was like swimming through those guys that were holding him. Um, Just one tackle. What were the Chiefs doing so well against him?
1: They were swarming him in, in many ways. But one of them, um, T.J. looked different moving when you watch him move, and just in my humble opinion. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it was just some small things, as he said, that he was – I got a feeling his small things that he was working through are a little bit bigger for the normal average human mortal, you know. So
0: Even though he did not appear yeah. on the injury report, he didn't look like T.J. Watt.
1: Yeah, I mean – Uh, He just, again, he didn't look like he was overextending himself in some positions. Um, He, when you watch and you get used to watching him and he is, you know, he's not, he's he's not worried about, uh, you know, who he whacks into and who he doesn't. And, you know, he throws his body around like, like, uh, like you would expect. Um, And he just didn't look the same uh, yesterday Mm -hmm. from watching it.
2: Well, hopefully an extra day to get right for everybody, both ma- mentally, physically, uh, when the Cleveland Browns come to Heinz Field. A quick note in terms of the COVID-19 list today, the Steelers added Carl Joseph and Anthony Miller, both of the practice squad, to that list in another record day across the NFL in terms of positives. So, always something to keep an eye on because there's the injury list and then there's the COVID list and as we did last week with Kansas City you just never know but we're going to talk much more and go around the NFL when we return here on the point after presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business
0: back to the point after on DVE Whiteside side to his right Throws a quick pop over the middle, and that's going to be a touchdown to Deontay Johnson. Took the defender toward the middle of the field, and when he caught the ball, just cut it back. The defender's out of the picture, and he just scampered the 15 yards for the score.
2: Welcome back to The Point After, presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business. That was a 15-yard TD pass from Ben Roethlisberger to Deontay Johnson, but... Unfortunately, it was with 2.54 left in the game. Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, and Craig Woofley taking you to the top of the hour. Um, and, Billy, that was definitely something that we wanted to see earlier in the game as we were kind of, you know, talking about during the commercial break. You just did not feel like you were going to have that momentum that we had in Minnesota and so many other games where you could sense maybe a comeback approaching.
0: It was an 85-yard drive. It was 17 plays, and it took almost seven minutes. That was encouraging. What I liked about it was I thought this team kept playing football. Uh, sometimes, if that score is that crooked, you're going to run the white flag up and say, you know, let's just run the clock, let's get out of here. But uh, Mike called his timeouts, spiked the ball. You know, did all the things necessary to at least feel good about. It the end of your performance, although the rest of it wasn't pretty. Well, here's the whole thing about it. You're going to battle, all right? Now, what's the other team going to do?
1: Well, they're going to take away the big plays, okay? They're going to make you uh, have to grind it it. out. So you got to do that, okay? I mean, you can't sit there and say, all right, it's a sign. I don't know. We're we're just going to give up here, and we're just going to grind it down the field and get a touchdown. Well, the reason you're grinding is because they're not going to give you anything that you can get up on top of them. I mean, they're simply going to keep – Making you go underneath, underneath, underneath. And that's the nature of the game. And that's why if you're up 30 points or you know, to an opponent, that's what you make them do. You don't give up the quick, easy score. You make them eat up the clock. But here's the thing about it. Are you going to do something or not? And they did something. They went down and they put it in. Look, I know that's – you can sit there and call it a moral victory, whatever have you, but that's what professional pride is. If you're going to finish the doggone game out, finish the doggone game out. All right, Don't lay down on the on the altar there and, and just get slaughtered okay you got to finish the game be a man go out there finish just like they did and go out and go out swinging uh that's there is what you can't tell the people that have never stood in a huddle that when you're at the end of a game and it's all all odds are against you and the the crowd is booing you and everything else you look into the huddle at the other 10 guys and you realize that it's only you guys together all right that's the only thing you got out there. And so if you understand that I got to depend on the man to my left, to my right, they hang in there. And regardless, we're going to go down swinging. There was, there was great, how do I put it? Uh, there's a great coming together um, in, in ways that, that build for the future. And I can't describe it in, in just physical terms because there's not something you say, well, this builds so-and-so. It's just the knowledge that Hanging in there together with you and the other 10 guys in that hall, it means something. Finish hard. It means something.
2: To be fair, some of their fans left early in that game. And also, uh, you know, Max was getting some text messages from some of his uh, friends across the country that they turned that game off. Mm. Our game off.
0: They did in Philly, I was told.
2: And went to the Vegas game. Yeah, well,
0: you know. that. Yeah. Don't put yourself in that position. Uh, looking at that drive, by the way, and to your point about you know, they, they gave you the understuff. The biggest play of the drive was a touchdown on fourth and four. Uh, the second biggest play was a nine-yard run by Najee. So everything was taking what they give you. Taking what? Well, okay, fine. It, it's not going to alter the outcome. The horse had already galloped away from the barnyard. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it. It at least it's something positive. And with two division games coming up, I think the coach has to realize that there's still opportunity there. As, as dark as things look right now, there's, you know, I mean, there is still opportunity. I, 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 should I even say it, that there's an opportunity for a division title?
2: There is. They control their own destiny. Or, well, you,
0: or do you want to go Jim Mora here and say, Ply-offs. playoffs, <laughs>
2: <laughs> You know, I think it was funny, Matt Williamson and I were talking about this earlier. Last week, you're probably thinking, all right, only one team from the AFC North is getting in, and then as we're watching the games unfold throughout the weekend, you're going, oh, wow. You know, As I I know we say it every week, but the AFC is just completely crazy. Only the Chiefs are the only team in in the conference that have clinched a playoff spot. So that just tells you how important these last two games are for everybody. So now we're going to take a look around the NFL brought to you by Clearview Federal Credit Union, your financial partner for life. ClearviewFCU.org. Some of the NFL scoreboard games, Christmas Day. Uh, the Browns lost to the Packers. So, for Steelers fans, that was good. But then the Colts beat the Cardinals. Not so good. Going uh, through the game, an AFC North matchup, the Ravens and the Bengals. The Ravens were what, on their third, or third quarterback. Third, so, yeah.
0: 35-year-old Josh Johnson. Who, who ran a 4-4 who, coming out of college, but I don't think he still runs a 4-4. Not to mention the fact that he's been in four leagues. <laughs> hey, you know Next what? God bless up. him.
1: I, I'm, I'm thrilled for him. I mean, because, hey, that's that's something he's going to be able, be able to remember the rest of his life.
2: Yep, that was a 41-21 win for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills beat the Patriots. The Jets beat the Jags, staying in the AFC here. Uh, the Texans beating the Chargers. Who had that on their bingo card?
0: Hmm. I can't say bingo. <laughs> well, that enabled Kansas City to clinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the win alone wouldn't have clinched, am I right? They needed that loss or tie. They
2: did. Yeah. Correct. So. And that also opened the door. That's why the Steelers are still still a chance. Still have a
1: chance. You still have a puncher's chance. Look, I'm less worried about the playoffs than I am about the next game. Yep. Really, I mean, yep. that's that's really all it is. And I think the focus has got to be kept entirely to Cleveland. It's a Monday night match. You are back in the Berg. You're back at Heinz.
2: Last this, game at home this, this season. This last
1: game. This could be the last time you see Big Ben in a black and gold uniform. Um, we can have discussions about that all night long. But the fact is, this is possibly what Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's going to remember about Big Ben. And I know he's going to want to come out and just smoke the, the Browns one more time
0: for crying out loud. He showed you that in <clears throat> Cleveland. Oh when yeah. When he asked for the ball. Oh yeah. <clears throat> no doubt about it's it. It's important for him to play <clears throat> well against that team. Absolutely Findlay, on Ohio him. kid. hmm Yeah.
2: The team that passed on you uh, used to be the winningest quarterback in their stadium for a number of years. But I I agree with you, Wolf. You know, um, I kind of went on Twitter after the game. Obviously, we weren't watching the CBS broadcast, but they were showing Ben Roethlisberger's family. They had a suite inside of Arrowhead. Um, And Tracy Wolfson, the sideline reporter, talked to Ben prior to the game and asked him, did you bring your family here because it's the holidays or because there may only be a few games left? And he said kind of both and told her, you know, I'm just trying to save her every moment. As Ben has said, no decisions will be made till after the season, but did say that that was the first time his family has come to a road game. His wife and um, his oldest were in L.A. for the Chargers game. That was his birthday present, I believe. Right. But uh, just interesting to see the whole whole family there the whole last plan night. there yeah. yeah as
1: it were you know I think it's it's a marvelous thing to savor look this is a hall of fame career ready to virgin in about five years after he finishes playing you know when, when, if it would be this year or next year I'll leave the door open I'm telling you what but I will say this you know those are the moments that you bring together that you want to remember I can still remember my last game, walking off the field. And, you know, those sorts of things, those memories are very, very dear. When you've had your whole life, you've built up to that moment to play in the NFL and then to step out of the NFL.
0: When we finish the games and get on the bus to go back to the hotel, uh, I'm all ears because I love the conversation that uh, Wolfman and uh, the world's largest elf.
2: (laughs) Also known as (laughs) Max Stars. Uh,
0: And the discussion yesterday was how few people in the history of the NFL have had the afforded the
1: graceful exit. Thank you, thank yes. you for saying it for me. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's uh, Jerome Bettis is one great example. You know, he he left gracefully, but for every one of Jerome's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of guys. They hundreds. go out, they go out yeah. with the tail between the legs, head down, uh, broken bones. I mean, you know, and so. Uh, You know, it's not easy, especially if you're a Hall of Fame guy. Yeah,
2: yeah, Ben earlier, I can't remember um, what game it was going into, but was just asked about, you know, some of the greats that he grew up watching and how he said it was so weird when you saw some of them go to other teams. And Mm -hmm. it just, that appeared to be, you know, I I don't think Ben ever contemplated going to another team. Mm -mm. You know, it was, he wanted to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. He was drafted by this team. He has done Numerous amazing things with this team, but yeah, it it is weird when you think about this Cleveland game and you think to yourself, okay, last home game that we know of, right? For sure, no, it's question. a Monday night game. ESPN did not this game was not moved. Um, they stuck with it. It's it's an AFC North game, and I know it's important. I think you know when they had the chance to potentially move it, things weren't looking so good for either team, but yeah, it it might be interesting.
0: And the Browns got more players back today. From the COVID list. They did. And they're favored by three points. All I can say is, you know what? Blech. One last ride, baby. One last <laughs> ride, Big Ben.
1: Let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? I. What can I say? Uh, you know, it, it would be a wonderful thing. Um, again, I look to it and I remember those, those great moments towards the end of my career that I enjoyed. And I know for him, this is just, it's a huge thing. And you know he wants to get out there. and have a little bit of um how do we say it uh retaliation here a little little frontier justice on a team that he loves to uh drop a touchdown or two on
2: his first touchdown first game he played in was in baltimore really Mm -hmm. oh that's right
1: when he came in for time i was on the sidelines how did i forget his first start was in miami after Mm the 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 hurricane right right and as i often say you know what, I, was, I played with Bradshaw in his last game in 1983 at Shea Stadium. I was on the sidelines when he made his first start in 04. There was a lot of guys that wore the quarterback number on black and gold jerseys in between those two guys. Oh, boy. You know, enjoy the fact you've got an all-time great right in front of you who's been playing great football for almost
0: two decades because it might be a long time before you see another. As many guys as there were at that position, that very important position, there weren't near as many as between Couch and Mayfield. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's a lot. I think 30 or maybe even more. Yeah, but I don't remember any Hall of Famers either. Uh, Couch and Mayfield. Not. I don't think so. Some first-round picks, but not Hall of Famers. Yeah,
1: that's uh, that's what I mean, though, with the Blonde Bomber, Terry Bradshaw, and with Big Ben. That's two Hall of Famers right there, baby. Wow. Mm. Something. We are blessed. Yes, we are.
2: Twitter was exploding during that Browns Packers game. Uh, Just, you know, you could tell the Browns fans with the four interceptions, not very happy. And I'm sure, you know, the not having the complimentary football is not just exclusive here in Pittsburgh of the conversations that are being had. You could say the same for the Browns, for the Ravens, um, and probably other teams too. So it kind of is that boat. Billy, if you could say one thing to the Steelers as they embark on their last two games, what would you say?
0: Tip your hat to number seven. Give it your best.
2: I like that. You can't copy. you got to come up with something
0: else. Oh, it's what I've already (laughs) said.
1: (laughs) You know, one last ride, baby. Let's go. Lock and load. That's that's exactly what I, you know, my thought process was back when the Blonde Bomber was in there. Man, this is a privilege to be here in the huddle with you, Terry Bradshaw. I love it. And I drew, and his last game, I'll never forget because the whole mantra was, never don't let anybody touch him and I tackled the dude it was the worst it was the worst (laughs) holding call in the history of the NFL I think I followed the guy five different ways but he didn't touch Bradshaw
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's gonna do it for us here tonight on the point after presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business for Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley I'm Missy Matthews Monday Night Football next week we will be back here on Tuesday have a great night everybody